2: cannot
3: see you, Mr. Wallace. I'm coming. Hang on. Prove it. Want, oh, hang on. So- no, you're
2: going to see... No, ignore S- that, because you're going to see us video. a little bit weird. Okay. Oh, that's. here I am. <gasps> here we go. Now, you're going to see us a little bit weird just because the way we're using a virtual camera. Oh, I don't know what that means. It means, it means we're cheating the computer. We're using a workaround so that we can stream and Zoom at the same time. Well, that's uh, good. Danny, I don't think you've met... Catherine Boyle. Hello, no, I haven't. Hello,
3: Catherine. How are you?
4: I'm very well, thank you. Good. I drove into work with you in my ears today. Um, oh. I was listening to you talking to Scroobius Pip, and it was a delight.
3: Ah. <laughs> He's a delightful man.
4: He is, And
3: not um, he? And on the, on the same show, of course, we speak to another delightful man called Ian Lee, who um, showed me his wonderful tiny little nipples.
2: Please oh, don't do that. And She's just tweaked my nipples. I'm not allowed <laughs> to tweak hers. And made reference <laughs> to my tiny really? nipples. How did she find them? Oh fuck! I've got sake. a spidey
4: sense when it comes to those nips.
2: <laughs> it's, not, it's like a tiddly it, wink, I think. <laughs> 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 it is okay. I, I will accept. I've done a lot of research. I will accept that it is the only reason small. I know so what?
4: about your nipples is because at one point you were talking about decorating them I and I said, get, "Really?".
2: It's, I was going to get them pierced. I was thinking of getting a nipple pierced, um, and I showed it to Catherine. I said, "What do you think?". I
4: said, "It's so tiny; it'll fall off."
2: Yeah, who, who was going to pierce them? A smurf? <laughs> I make up with it for it by having really lovely buttocks. That's true. That's I got get those all, pierced. Got of, oh, God, some people get a bar across.
4: <laughs> we heard that, didn't we, in Brighton? Of all, that, that's where they would know about that we, stuff.
2: Um, oh, wow. I remember once, Danny, on a local BBC radio station when I was working there, and this guy came in who has since turned up at events and claims to be our friend. Yeah. Yeah. He met my friend after that. And he talked about having his testicles and his penis pierced, and then without any invitation, he stood up and showed me. Well, th- there, there was
4: warning because I was able to leave the room.
3: Yeah, good. Well, that's that's good. And we were you there, was,
4: there, there was so much going on. Apparently, when he when he wheezes, it's like a watering can.
3: <laughs> oh my god!
2: Straight in, straight in. <laughs> Danny, it is lovely to see you. I have to warn you. I did warn you in an email. I'm having yes. a huge an upswing. I'm off my face. Wow. The, th- the beautiful thing is, I don't think this is ever going to end. I think I'm always going to be happy and excited and get loads yeah. of things done. Yeah.
3: That's, that's good. Yeah. You know, you know, it's like with sugar. There's never a crash, is
2: there? <laughs> there's never a crash. Hey man, how are you doing? It's so nice to see you again.
3: It's so nice to see you. Yeah. I'm doing okay. Um, my dog just walked into a door and um, I was told recently, sounds like a start of a joke. That's brilliant. I know, but I was told recently that my dog might have to wear glasses. Oh. And um, and I I don't know how to deal with this because I can't be walking around both of us wearing glasses. I I, I think it would be too odd. Um,
4: look, I thought dogs were
2: supposed to look like their owners. <laughs> well, yeah, we'd look like a little proclaimers. How, how does that how does that work? Do they? Have like I guess they have Three to goggles, have like, a band or some, goggles. No. Yeah.
4: yeah, you'd have to have a strap. You're not going to put it behind its ears, are you? Is this yeah. a this
2: is a real thing? Is it?
3: Yeah, I think that I've looked into it and dogs the the doggles that they have to wear. It's almost like um, you're taking a dog uh, snorkeling, or uh, like an action dog. And this is not what you would look at and go, "This is an action dog." <laughs> this will this will look like a ludicrous snorkeling dog. Um, that i have to walk around with everything is wrong with this dog the second we got this dog everything oh you went told wrong.
2: me it was it was a rough start
4: oh it's a friday dog is it
3: it's i don't know what that means but yeah it sounds right
4: <laughs> when they say about friday cars they always fall to bits because people are in a rush to go home all oh,
3: right so uh, yeah this is the clown car of dogs it's just <laughs> constantly I, I nickname her hassle and she gives me jobs uh, cuz we've got a cat as well and now the dog has taken it every i've got a place where i sit it's my corner and i love my corner and she waits for me to sit down and then comes and asks me to do things all the time and now she's asking me to do things on behalf of the cat as well so <laughs> if the cat wants in, the dog comes and bothers me and I, I, I just i'm a butler now to two very <laughs> annoying
2: tiny things oh i get that you I, sh- I think you know i've got five cats oh, yeah. now and um big boy the latest cat who was the stray He's so dem- He is like a dog. It's noisy. He walks around. Um, oh, I was singing. Oh, I was <laughs> so today. I was walking around singing. Um, uh, what's uh, there's a there's a Paul McCartney song. Dave, dogface will know it. Um, don't say it. Don't say it. Don't, and I was singing that right. And every time I went, "Don't say it," big boy went, "No." <laughs> don't say it. No. So we were we were duetting together, but he, it's lovely. He is a pain in the ass. There's also, good night Tonight, thank you, is the song. There's also another stray that comes that I call Bigger Boy. So this cat <laughs> is massive. massive. Wow. And he's the one, he bit my hand and I nearly lost my hand. This yeah, not even a joke. remember you saying something yeah. like this. This was Bigger Boy. And Bigger Boy rocked up last night. And wow. when he comes, I have to feed him, right? Because I'm, yeah. you know, I have to feed well, him. Well, you don't, but... but But I can't – he always gets very close to me and I'm terrified. He's he's had a taste. He's going (laughs) to bite me again. So I I just have to drop the bowl and then shut the back door because I I don't want him in the house again. What if the cats just keep getting bigger? Yeah. I
4: biggest mean, boy. oh, it's
3: going to be yeah, it's going to be like Godzilla by the end. You just yeah. the, the word is getting out the bigger and bigger cats. Sometimes you see those pictures of uh, people holding cats in like America, and oh, it looks yeah. photoshopped. Um, <laughs> yes. And my greatest wish is that it, there's no Photoshop going on because I would love i I'd love a big cat, but a domestic big cat.
2: What are the the huge ones? Maine Coons is that mm, what they're called? Yeah. Yeah. and they are they're giant. They're like they're, a small. They're borderline
4: pony. wildcat, aren't they? Yeah.
2: They're massive, like a bloody lynx or something. You can also get giant rabbits as well.
4: They're amazing.
2: That and they're they're probably about the size of you. I mean, you're quite (laughs) tiny, but they're probably they're about three or four feet tall. And you can
4: keep them in the house, yeah.
3: That would be, I mean, that's great. I like all these emotional support um, animals that people take on planes now. And I think the bigger, the better as well. And I think that that, that some people do cats, don't they? And some manage to get away with dogs. And then you read these stories about people who are trying to take like a peacock on, like an emotional (laughs) support peacock. And you just imagine this flight just full of just wildfowl and angry, angry birds.
4: (laughs) I would
2: sort of like that. You can get um, emotional support ponies. ponies. yeah. Like, but they're tiny ones. They're tiny, and you can take those on aeroplanes. They're, still, they're
4: tiny, but they're the size of quite a sizable dog, they're, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I
2: mean, they're still ponies. Yes.
4: What would a pony?
2: What would a pony do for you?
4: I don't imagine they can curl up as easily as a dog or a cat either.
3: No, and where do you put them? Is it? Is it? Do they count as hand baggage, or do they <laughs> put them in the overhead lockers? Up in yeah.
2: <laughs> this, I was trying to explain to my friend David Turners the other day the anxiety I feel. I'm Really sorry, this is going to be all over the place tonight, Danny. Mm. I apologize. I'm no, trying to rein good. it in a bit. The anxiety I feel, and you've seen it getting on an aeroplane, yeah, because of the overhead luggage, I get so anxious. <laughs> so I'm kind of at the front, focused, headphones off, because I'm really worried there'll be no room over my seat, and it will the, the stewardess go, Oh, you have to put it down at the, at mm. the back, and and that. But what would happen if that, if the worst oh, were to occur? It'd be awful. It would just be awful. Suppose I need to get my Walkman out of the. Suppose I need something, yeah. right? Uh, or, I also I want to get off the plane as quickly as I can. Well, I can't because I've got to go against the traffic. Because that's the yeah. point,
4: isn't it? When you get off the plane, you want to be the, You want to make sure you get your bag because you worry about the bag after you've got your bag down. You worry oh, about I the bag ne- and the carousel.
2: I don't worry about the bag. I like the carousel. Oh, okay. That is fun. That's like that's a- soothing. Cause- the carousel is like kind yeah. of. Um, oh, Danny Wallace is there. We should probably <laughs> chat. To-
3: <laughs> no, no, no. The carousel is fun. I'm enjoying this because it's, it's like, like a, a little... lottery, the
2: carousel. Is it's that the, mine? Oh, and no. it doesn't it's a fairground treat. Yeah. <laughs> But, but of look. course you stand at the part where the the bags come out you say so you got first dibs Sorry, Danny. Yes.
3: No, but uh, you, you remind me just because, yeah, you don't want to swim upstream, uh, you know, no. and have to go against the flow to get your bag. You feel like a hassle, and you don't want to be standing there with, you know, the stretching up, and then your shirt rides up, and then your tummy is in someone's face, and the crotch area, of course. But yes. I have a thing where um, it's almost like a challenge at airports, where I'm a good boy, and um, I I try my hardest not to get told off by anyone yeah. or told to do something, especially mm. in America when they phrase it wrong. They say you need to, you need to stand over there, and it takes everything for me to go i don't need to do that you would you would like me to um, but then i challenge myself and i'm like right i'm going to take off my shoes even if it doesn't say anything about shoes i'm going to unbuckle my belt put the that belt. there i'm going to make sure tap my pockets make sure there's no coins in there whatsoever yeah and it's like a challenge for me to get through the airport experience without getting told off by a grown-up in a hat
2: yeah i can it identify is, with that i one of the most terrifying experiences in an airport is when i went to new york and new york um, security, that is tough. <laughs> yeah. Don't make a joke to those guys. They're not no. in a joking. They're mood. They're not in a jokey mood. No. But I'd, it, uh, I'd, a few years before, spent three months in Pakistan. Oh, God. Uh, and um, they, this was not that long after 9-11, so I got taken into the room. I got taken into the room, and I had to, I was there for about two hours. Mm. Um, not, not being questioned the whole time, but I was there with other gentlemen who... Yes. You know, some of whom looked dubious. They all look like criminals, if I'm honest. <laughs> and I didn't. And I then got questioned about... Well, you three- think you didn't, but... Well, I, <laughs> I got questioned for about 30 minutes about Pakistan and what I was doing there and did I, you know, did I go to any training camps? And I said, no, I was there, I was there doing props on a movie starring Christopher Lee. Yeah. And um, it was uncomfortable. Then they let me through, you know.
4: Did they think the arch terrorist is going to go? Yeah, I was on a training camp, and this is what we learned. And I passed <laughs> yeah. it with. Uh,
3: I mainly did five stars. Uh, star star jumps and squats. No, <laughs> my my passport has got uh, or my old passport because I did a program about um, starting your own country, and so I met people who'd started their own countries, and they took it very very seriously to the point where um, often they'd ask for my passport. And then they would just write in it or get a stamp and just stamp it with their country. And the number of times in America where they would just open it and they would see like sea land (laughs) or the principality of Saborga. And they would just, they didn't want to look stupid either. So they'd just be like, all right. And move it on. (laughs) But I had this one guy that I didn't want to make a joke with, um, because uh, we we were going to LA and I had a little baby with me, only at nine weeks old. It was mine. I was going to um, guess. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> and my wife. And, um, and he said, where are you staying? And I said, uh, Los Angeles. And then I told him where and he went, that's not Los Angeles. You're not staying in Los Angeles. Where are you staying? And it was like a test. And he wanted me to say, oh. Burbank which apparently is its own city within LA or whatever and I'd failed the test and then I got the lecture about Burbank and all that and I just wanted to get my kid after this long flight home and I despised this man forevermore and nine years later or so I was back and I recognised the guy who was at the customs control and and he said and where are you staying and I went Burbank (laughs) And he just wrote that down. He didn't understand, obviously, why I was being so weird about it. And I said, do you know how I know I'm staying in Burbank? Because you, nine years ago, when I was there with a nine-week-old kid, gave me loads of hassle, so now I know it's Burbank. Um, And (laughs) he actually loved that. Um, You know, a lot of people would have thought that was a bit aggressive, but he was like, well, you
2: can go. He respected your kind of stag standing yeah. up to him attitude. Exactly. Us alphas do respect that. Oh, <laughs> us alphas, yeah. Mandy says, the customs officer uh called my name over the tannoy at JFK to give me his phone number in case I needed him on my visit. It was terrifying. What? Wow. Uh, what? I don't Hang think on. that's procedure. <laughs> did, did
3: he read his number out over the tannoy? <laughs> I'm on 212.
2: That's, that's very odd. Danny, I was trying to think, I can't remember where we met, first of all. Was it on I know you came on my show on LBC when you were doing the starting your own country yeah, thing. Yeah, I did. You brought prawns in because I'd never eaten a prawn. Mm, there you brought you go. prawns in. Um but I, I don't did we I know we had the same agent for a while and stuff, but was that where we met? I can't remember. The first time I saw you
3: was in Edinburgh during oh. the festival. But the first time we met, I think Maybe we briefly met in Edinburgh. Um,
2: what, what was was that? after the a long the time ago. Clock Show.
3: Oh my God, yeah, it was during or after, um, and um, and then I don't. I have no idea where we where we met, but um,
2: but it was a beautiful friendship anyway. We suddenly got old. How did that? I how did know. that happen?
4: That's what happens if you win.
2: Yeah, yeah, I suppose so. That's the best you can hope for. I remember the the, the starting your own country thing. Was there a guy that started a country on an oil rig? Yeah, in fact,
3: I think that was Sealand itself. It was um, not an oil rig, it was an old military fort about a mile off the coast of somewhere like Harwich. And um, Prince Michael, a former used car salesman um, who put his money into buying an old fort and becoming Prince Michael. Wow. And he was one of the ones that took it very seriously, or not him, I think it was a guy called, uh, he he seems like a Graham in my head, who um, I had to meet on the mainland in a cafe. And that's when he gave me, in my passport, a one-day visa to Sealand. Uh, um, and he stamped it and he signed his name in my passport. And it was just it was just one day I was allowed to be there. Oh. And I didn't even get on the thing. And when I looked up, do you know who was looking down at me? Go on. Ben Fogle. What? Yeah, Fogel ben, had beat you to it? Ben Fogel had beat me to it by about 30 seconds and was on this um, disused war fort. And uh, we sort of waved at each other. And um, and that was that.
2: It's like um, that quite uh, quite often Louis Theroux and John Ronson are <laughs> a, <laughs> things like a couple of days later. I, mean, I saw a chat with them. I may, I may have gone to see it at Leicester Square Theatre, and they'd both been to the same racist biker gang like <laughs> hangout like a week before, and they'd both been asked, "Are you a Jew?" Yeah. <laughs> both had refused to answer the question, you know. But it's yeah. yes, that that kind of crossover of. Things. It's strange, oh,
3: is it. But I think about that when I saw that thing recently, you know, the um, you know, guys like us, the alpha men, alpha <laughs> men assemble, um, which is um, a bunch of guys who um, don't like vaccines or something. And so they decided to go to a beach and practice rugby scrums. Um, in case they had a game of rugby against the police or I don't know what, okay. but they were just doing that. And um, word got out and all these men went. But I was just like, they they were all undercover journalists, I'm sure. There's <laughs> <laughs> just one anti-vaxxer there. Yeah, There's one anti-vaxxer. And you've got the Express, the Star, the Mirror, all pretending to have views they don't. But yeah, I suppose that does happen.
2: Do you? I mean, you, so you you you've done you finished, I guess, Manatomy, which is the podcast I was on, talking men talking about their bodies.
3: We're continuing, actually. We, oh, go on. We're we're cracking on, yeah, because there are lots of men who've got lots of bodies, mm. and um and and lots of things to talk about. Um, so we just did uh, Mr. Motivator. Um, oh
2: wow, how's he doing?
3: He's good. Um, he's good. He's nearly seventy. Um, but you know he's still he's still going for it, and we talked about there's a time when he was like homeless, and his dad used to hit him, and we talked about wow. a lot of sort of man stuff, and also lycra, of course. Mm. Um, so yeah, so that's um, that's continued. I
2: wonder what it's like. I wonder if the, I'm sure he embraces the Mr. Motivator now. I wonder if there was a period after his peak in the 80s where. He didn't want to be called Mr. You know, he turned his back on the whole Mr. Motivator Because
4: well, it was kind thing. of a character.
3: Yeah, yeah, it was kind of a character. But no, he hasn't. In fact, as you'll find out in his uh, book, uh, Mr. Motivator, the oh. warm-up.
2: We're getting him. We're getting just, him on here.
3: Just happened to be here. Um, but um, surprised it's
4: um, under your pillow, you know.
3: <laughs> well, this is where I record it, so I've always got a weird book plan around. Um, but um, but no, he was um, he was good fun, and um, there's no real you know there's no stopping
2: him. We'll get, let's get him. Let's get him. Let's get him. I mean, we're kind of the
4: antithesis of the Mister Motorbase, right?
2: How was how was COVID for you? How was lockdown? How's that been?
3: The um, I suppose um, at first it was kind of okay. Um, the first lockdown, that was quite kind of. Um, I mean, we're, we're you know you have to say that thing, don't you? You have to go. Um, and I was in the garden, which of course I'm very lucky to have. Mm. Um, and that's yeah. that's just become a phrase now. So you know, I had the garden, which I'm very lucky to have. And um, we would uh, just try and organise just fun things with the kids. And obviously they missed uh, birthday parties and all that. But I managed to source a a bouncy castle um, so that that could just be deposited outside for a day or two. And then they could bounce around for a bit. Um, And then it got boring. And now they're really, yeah, they're they're going to be, you know, it would be nice if the world was slightly
0: freer.
1: And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. How are the, I don't, that's I don't, why. But,
3: that's why I started Alpha Men Assemble. <laughs> <laughs>
1: the
2: AMAs. How are the, How are? I don't know how old your kids are. Do you? Do you mind saying, or is that? Oh no, yeah, of course.
3: Uh, twelve, right. just recently. Um, seven, and five.
2: Okay. Right. My mine are ten and twelve. Yours are eleven and Th- thirteen thir-
4: 10. and ten. Yeah. And
2: uh, mine no. have been great. And the, we're very lucky they go to a really good schools. so the homeschooling was... I would say, actually, there was too much homeschooling. I was telling them <laughs> to bunk off a bit. Yeah. Um, and they seem great, but I do wonder...
4: Yeah.
2: I think we're going to have, you know, a real problem 10, 15, 20 years down the line with all of the kids, people that are kids now and young adults, because they seem cool, but this yeah. is totally going to fuck them up. You know, having... 80, a year, 18 months, whatever it was, where they couldn't go out, you know, and I've always taught my kids, you know, to hug your grandparents and, mm-hmm. if you want and be tactile. And we had a year, two years, where I was kind of pulling them in and yeah. saying, don't touch, not allowed to go around to their grandparents' house. And It was the know.
4: opposite of show some affection. If you love yeah. that person, stay away from them. Yeah. yeah.
2: So I wonder yeah. what the impact is going to be on we, this, these kids. We were just talking about it, actually, about half an hour
3: ago, and um, we were sort of trying to spin it as well you know you've been living through history and yeah. um you know you guys when you're in your 20s you'll you'll have that in common with other people in your 20s and you'll look back and go that was weird um but that's the sort of positive spin yeah. there were lots of negative i mean he personally speaking i mean obviously globally and and nationally Disasters and tragedies. And um, we lost my dad a year and four days ago, three days oh, ago. Man, I'm sorry. And um, that's okay. Um, and uh, that was difficult for them because it was unexpected. Um, and how do you then explain to them that someone can kind of disappear? And then it took forever to get like the. Um, the the funeral and the autopsy and things like that and it was kind of six weeks later we managed to have a funeral and then what do you do because you don't want to force people to come at a time when you know contact is so strange and travel and all that and do you then just have it and do you invite the kids and then it's a very bleak thing for them to walk into a room and there's um uh, a
2: coffin so, did you inv- did you invite the kids? Because I'm, you know, we're, my boys are lucky. Their grandparents on um, their mum's side they're still alive, very very active. But I do think if they died, which I don't think about it very often. But what, at what age does one does one ask the kids if they want to go? Yeah. Well, I I I,
3: I, we, I wasn't going to ask my two youngest. No, um, it would have been devastating, and, and they loved their granddad so much. Obviously, I asked my eldest. You know, what do you want to do? And I explained that it wouldn't be a normal type of thing, and it would be it would be hard for it to be like a celebration. Do you know mm. what I mean? And it would be hard. There would be no distractions because there'd be really no one else there. And I could tell he wanted to be brave, but that told me that I should let him off um, yeah. because it would be too it would be too hard. So in the end, it was just th- three of us: me, my mum, and my wife. Wow. And we made it as. Good as we could, and we made it into a really nice, good thing. And we spoke, and you know, the place didn't force us to distance really. Um, They were quite kind of good with us um, because there was just too much love there in the room. As there is for everyone. So, um, so yeah. So I let them off that, but we celebrated in different ways. So that afternoon, we planted a tree all together, um, and that became the focal point rather than um You know, a place they'd never been. I'm you know, strange. It is. It is emotional, Catherine.
4: Sorry, Why are you laughing no. at this story? i was trying to hold a sneeze. No. no, listen. I'm so it's
3: sorry, just, Danny. You know, no. It's it, the body. You know, became, reacts in different ways. I became and when
4: overwhelmed.
3: We, when we talk about
2: grief, it is. You know, sometimes it comes out as a sad sneeze with a laugh at the end of it. <laughs> yeah. I
4: think he made such a weird i um
2: i think you know i'm retraining to be a counselor and i'm now yeah. working with you want to slice yeah you want to start with her you know? so got- <laughs> terrible <laughs> and i'm working with clients and i'm i am seeing people who lost people you know through covid and are, were unable to go to the funeral and there's a reason that we have funerals because it's a ritual yeah. that we have that we have the kind of the somber part then we have the you know hopefully the up slightly more upbeat wake you know where stories are exchanged and jokes are told and you know good stories bad stories happy sad things all of these things and there's a reason that we have this tradition as it kind of gets us on the the, you know helps us through our grief and and a lot of people people, think
4: that it's a relief once that's over because then they can start trying to get back
2: to what is normal but these people are not having that ritual so it's messing up their, you know, speaking to people who didn't go to the funeral of people that were very, very close to them. And it's, um, God. it's messing them up, man. And this is the thing we could 10, 15, 20 years, mm-hmm. there's going to be this huge, I mean, this is why I'm trained as a counsellor. I'm quids in. Yeah, you know? you're going to make a lot of money. Everybody's going to do it. No, you do.
3: You need those, um, those moments. It feels like a combo in a sentence. It's just a time. It's just a pause for a second. And then you get on with the rest of uh, things and it did feel it did feel like a relief you know mm. um, but we didn't get to talk to really anyone and uh, um so that was uh hard you know most of my family were in switzerland or in um up north and uh, so it's uh, yeah but mm. we made the best of it and um you know we did it for him and so I think that's the thing that matters,
2: that you do something for that person. I see the Ghostbuster poster behind you. Yeah. Am I right you worked on the Ghostbusters cartoon? I was contacted
3: out of the blue one day. Um, I i don't... So, I mean, if I trace it back, I did... I mean, I loved Ghostbusters as a as a kid. It was the first trailer of a movie I got so excited about. And I wow. remember, remember exactly where I was when I saw it and I thought, that will be for me. And then I went to see it and it scared me. The first bit with the big scary ghost in the library. And I was yeah. like, I've made a terrible mistake.
4: Yeah.
3: <laughs> I've, I cannot watch this film. And then luckily the music starts and you think, oh, it's going to be all right. And then Pete Venkman and you're like, okay, brilliant. So um, I, I quite like getting preview posters. Um, so that's an old, uh, you know, thing before Ghostbusters came out. So that for me was special because I was excited about it already. Yeah. And then I did Ghostbusters on Mastermind. And I got all my Ghostbusters questions correct. Well done. And then that just came out and I was in America and Jim Carrey was there. And Jim Carrey had heard a thing because I'd shown a producer of the film, Yes Man, this mastermind thing. And they'd never seen anything like mastermind before and he wanted to see it. So I showed him mastermind.
2: Can we just stop for a second? He showed Jim Carrey mastermind. that's kind of cool right
3: continue (laughs) well jim carrey looked at Mastermind and basically just went what the fuck is this (laughs) (laughs) and i said it's mastermind because to british eyes it's normal the furniture it's just normal the black leather chair and the music if you've seen it for the first time and it's just a very intense slow creep in just a slow zoom in as a man, in this case, John Humphreys fires off questions at you, you can't yeah. see the audience, it's just a single spotlight. You sat in a chair, um, and he was like looking at John Humphreys and he was just going, This guy's a fucking asshole.
4: Yes, why is he talking to you like that? <laughs> He's like, Why is he so angry?
3: And, um, and anyway, I did that, and then word got around, and then some years later, um. I guess some of the people who had worked in or around the film had then gone on to work for Ivan Reitman, the director of Ghostbusters. And I got an email that just said, um, subject was Danny Wallace, Ghostbusters. And I was deeply excited just by those words. And then it said, listen, do you want to pitch for this um, thing? We think uh, you might be quite good at um, coming up with ideas for it. So that night I pitched these ideas and they went, that's what we're thinking. And before I know it, I'm getting this uh, this job. My job for uh, like a couple of weeks was to go uh, to where I work and come up with like Ghostbusters technology. That's <laughs> and like a, a base for them and who they would be and what the world would be like and all this. And then I pitched it and they went, yeah. So then, um, you know, so then I was, I had a lot, you know, I went to go to work at this place called Ghost Corps that had Ecto-1 outside. And they wanted to give me, let me use Dan Aykroyd's office, so you can imagine the endorphins.
4: Does this stuff ever become normal to you? <laughs> uh,
3: no, no, no. I, um, I never really expect anything like this to, like that, to happen. And ultimately, of course, it was doomed, as most of these projects are, and people never hear about the stuff that's doomed. Um, and this was twenty, and twenty sixteen, ish. So that the Ghostbusters reboot had just come out. Mm-hmm and had been subject to loads of trolling from people yeah who had yeah cuz
2: it, w- it was film. women imagine women yeah. being in a movie
3: and i still have a, i still harbor a, a theory that it was um that it was like you know right after that and in fact you know brexit and then covid there's been all these like rooms full of people with you know a thousand phones all firing stuff off mm. it really felt like a sort of culture war thing that was kind of being manufactured mm. trying to divide people based on Issues of gender. It
2: was around about the same time as GamerGate, which
3: was all about women and video
2: games, and no,
3: no, 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 coming over taking It was a a big,
2: it was a big thing then.
3: Yeah, and it's, and I think ultimately it led to Sony, who were making this stuff, deciding to park a lot of stuff. So there was going to be a different, there was going to be a prequel, there was going to be a a different sequel, there was going to be my thing, and maybe another. So your thing
2: didn't happen. No, No, not in the end.
3: No, it was the last to be pulled. Oh, I um, thought it
2: had happened. I'm so sorry.
3: No, 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 no. It's fine. In, in fact, it was sort of a relief in a sense because they were asking me to showrun this thing. And have you ever sat there when someone actually explains what... They flew me to Canada at one point and I had to meet all these people who I would sort of be in charge of and I knew nothing about any of their jobs. <laughs> but I'm being brought in as the guy to sort of be wow. like... In char- and then they folded out this um, piece of paper And I'm sitting there, and they go, so this is a typical schedule. And they fold this bit of paper out, and then they fold it out again and again. And it's this incredibly complex thing with a font so small. (laughs) It's just unreadable. And I'm like, so I guess I'd be in charge of delivering all those things every day and every week. And if anything goes wrong, it was like proper anxiety um, immediately. And I just thought, so when it didn't happen, um, part of me was like, oh, well... uh, we tried. Um, but I still got to come up with some cool Ghostbusters stuff.
2: Hey, the last film was amazing. Yeah. Two films this year where I have been in the cinema and there have been spontaneous rounds of applause. Huh. Ghostbusters and Spider-Man. Big huh. rounds of applause and cheers. And that Ghostbusters film, I just thought yeah. was beautiful. And what was great was being, taking my kids. You know, my boys yeah. were there. And they didn't know the history. I'd said, oh, it's an old film. And, they, you know, and I explained a bit of it. But they didn't know. And they enjoyed this... Really silly, wonderful, scary kind of romp. It's like a proper old-fashioned romp movie with a wonderful, wonderful, you know, bit for the grown-ups. It was, uh, that was a joy.
3: It was, it was, it was fantastic. And I think also what was really great about it was that that the first film was sort of grounded in a sense in that it was um, about um, three friends starting a small business. Mm. And, um, and the second one was a bit silly Um, And this new one, Afterlife, it's the first one that's dealt with like ghosts and death, but also with grief. Yeah. So it was like there was a proper human thing that you could kind of connect to, um, which I thought was which I thought was great. So no, I was all in on that.
2: Did you see it? I haven't seen seen it. it. Oh, it's. Oh, you'll love it. There are first of all Paul Rudd's in it, right, and he's hot. You yeah. know, I just, you know, I, I should... I think that's
4: universal truth. I know. Yeah.
2: Um, um, it's also got, and I don't know the name of the mum, but she's in The Leftovers. Have you seen The Leftovers? Uh, I haven't seen The Leftovers. It's, I'm trying to remember who's in it. By the guy, it's got through What's his name? Justin. Justin, Justin through It's by the guy that made Lost. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's, yeah. it's shorter and it the story completes. So good. I watched it recently, so it was cool. It was cool. But, I mean, the film is... It's, it's just, it's funny, and it's beautiful, and there are some, you know, it does deal with grief, and, you know, there's a bit now, in nearly every film I see with my boys, my eldest, Alex, leans over and goes, this is the bit where Daddy cries. And <laughs> he gets it right every single time. He watched Encanto, and he gets it right, and I go, yeah, you're yep. right, son, it's fine. Have it's fine. You, I'm have the you, same, I've, and
4: I think that I might be crying a little more easily now I'm in my 40s. Well, the, end,
2: the end is approaching.
4: No, I'm not thinking like that. I think I'm just, I'm just a softer person, flipping egg. Oh, well, yeah. Help me out.
2: I'm bet, 50 bet, next year. I bet whenever you watch a sad film, you
3: just can't stop sneezing. It's, 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 it's a full-on and it's the emotion. Yeah. Have you
2: seen Onwards? Yeah. Which one's Onwards? Oh, is that where they're looking for the dad?
3: Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah it's great. That got me. And yeah, I wasn't expecting it, anything right. from it at all. And no. um, I had to go and stand under a tree afterwards. Genuinely, I, I went outside and I stood under a tree. I know it's odd, but and that was your um, thing, it, was it? Yeah, it there
4: were two so of, them just, of those sort of dad films in quick succession. There was *Onward*, and there was that one with the family that where they were taking on—I'm going to say—it seemed like Amazon, and they oh, went on a road trip, and all of a sudden the robots was, started to attack.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember the name of it. Uh, Do you that know, was
4: another dad film. It was great. There's so many.
2: Right, two two complaints I've got. Maybe you can you can. Fix some of these actually, and yes. so you're, you're in still with Hollywood. Mm-hmm. First of all, there's too many good films. When I was a kid, you would get maybe two good films a year, and the rest were crap. Right? Yeah. Now there's yeah. too many good films, but also films are too long. Oh yeah, you know, films used to be 80 minutes long. That was it, and now they're like two, two and a half hours. We watched Hotel Transylvania three. That's about 90 minutes long. Perfect, mm-hmm. perfect length for a movie. Can you? Yeah. I don't know if you can do anything. Uh, well, I'll, I'll,
3: I'll, I'll ring someone. <laughs> um, but uh, no, you, you're, you're, you're correct, I think. But also I think as you get less time, like in the old days, oh, I'd love a three-hour film because yeah. that was my Sunday afternoon and I'd be like, the longer the better and make it an epic and loads of battles. I don't care how long it goes on. Yeah. And then um, nowadays it's like, this is this is 25 minutes too long.
4: <laughs> Why are yeah. they doing that? Is it yeah. like, yeah. we finally got you in the cinema, <laughs> we're keeping you here?
3: Um, uh, yeah probably there's (laughs) also that thing of the the, for a while there was too much reliance on on actors um ad-libbing so it was just like everyone thought they were brilliant and every director thought i'm just gonna let them ad-lib and then they would keep it all in and you're like okay the scene's done let's crack on stop saying the thing about the pineapple
2: i uh i love ryan reynolds but yeah. I'm getting tired of Ryan Reynolds. Doing I'm, Ryan Reynolds. Doing, you know, I I I loved it to the start, and he's done a couple of straight films. He did a film where he was um, he wakes up and he's buried in a coffin. It's a great film. Huh. Um, uh, but but I'm I'm tired of I'm tired of Ryan Reynolds doing it. I never it.
4: thought I'd hear you say that.
2: I know, I know. I just wish he would just stick to the script. Let's just do this, Ryan. Let's get through this. Let's put that you know kind of edge. Let's put that to one side, and you can yeah. be a nice guy, you know, or a yeah. mean guy. Don't have to do all the or a free
3: guy. <laughs> that was a good film. It was that very was loud. loud. Very loud. That's what it, I knew I was getting
2: old. I was like, this is a loud, loud. film. It's either a loud too loud or
4: too quiet. Yeah. Too dark.
2: But also, apparently, in films, you can take anything you want from other films now. You know, like it's a bit where he's got a lightsaber. You, you can get anything you want from other films uh-huh. and put it in. It doesn't matter no more. No one yeah. cares.
4: Blimey.
2: Um, Danny, we're going to let you go in a second. Sure, and that's right. Let you go because you are sucking. <laughs> so you're doing anatomy. Is there anything else you're doing at the moment? I am. Uh, I'm writing, and
3: uh, I do a show on Radio X. And, oh, fantastic! Um, I didn't realise. And I have um, many projects which will be doomed, which you will never hear about. Um, and uh, the, those that sneak through, uh, you might. So um, yeah, I you know I like to keep busy. I feel very guilty if I'm not
2: doing something. Yeah. Nice and vague there. Do you see that? Nice and not giving nice us any meat. No, it's not, a bit of the gristle.
4: it's not. It's actually none of our business. It's none of our business. <laughs> Very politely, that's what he's saying. Um, Danny, it's so
2: lovely to see you. You've been, you I too. think I've said this to you, you've been so kind to me and so generous to me. And no. uh, I, it, it means the world, man. So thank you so much. I hope your nipples grow. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> how, do get, how do we cut this guy? On, I can't find <clears> the <throat> thing. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye, Bye. Danny. Thank you. Goodbye.
4: Those nipples are never going to grow.
2: Fuck off, Danny.
4: I'll say what I say to my children. You're exactly as you should be. (laughs) That's what a real nipple would be.
2: (laughs) (laughs) He's good, right?
4: I really like him. He's good. Can we keep him, please?
2: I forget that he's, you know, he's made movies with Jim Carrey. You know, imagine showing Jim Carrey Mastermind. That's insane. But that's the question I always want to ask. You know,
4: like people end up in those positions um, and it appears that they've kind of just lucked out. But I'm sure there's more to it Please leave my
2: keyboard as it is. I'm sure there's more to
4: it than that. But... Does it ever become normal? And I'm glad to hear it, it doesn't really.
2: Uh, it's, uh, turn it's the heat off, I'm boiling. And I'm also glad
4: to hear that he gets to a point sometimes in his job where he thinks,
2: oh shit, I don't know I'm going to do this. <laughs> Thank you, Danny.